Hello, Hopeful. I'm Roger Corville, and this is For the Hope's Daily Audio Bible. Here, we read through the scriptures conversationally, talk about the truth claims of Christianity, and learn to fall more in love with Jesus and the people in His world. Welcome. The book of Colossians is a letter from Paul meant to address the growing concern of changing the gospel message. Paul knew of the faith of the believers in Colossae, but he was also aware of the pressure they faced to add certain requirements to their understanding of salvation. My friends, every day is a good day to secure the foundation of your faith with the truest antidote to heresy, a proper view of Christ. And here we are at episode 2043, and welcome to this part of our journey together through the Bible, reading every single piece of it with the big picture in mind and considering our own life and work stories in light of that, uh, which includes my life story, which is me pre-recording some stuff while I'm on uh, my honeymoon, doing a little something different, just reading through single books at a time. And today it's Colossians. So in Colossae, a religious philosophy appeared that challenged the essence of Christian teaching. It contained Jewish elements, had an aspect of angel worship, and had a strong ascetic emphasis, meaning, you know, like denial of self, denial of or abstention from any form of indulgence. This philosophy brought divisions to the church. Now, it had some parallels with Christianity, but its teaching about Christ was wrong-headed. And today, similar movements exist that confront the church's theology about Christ as well as its spirituality. And I think it's particularly relevant because most challenges today, like in Colossae, aren't like direct uh, arguments about truth versus falsehood. It is the seeping in of poison. Here's the book of Colossians. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by God's will, and Timothy, our brother, to the saints in Christ at Colossae, who are faithful brothers and sisters, grace to you and peace from God our Father. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, for we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all the saints because of the hope reserved for you in heaven. You have already heard about this hope in the word of truth, the gospel that has come to you. It is bearing fruit and growing all over the world, just as it has among you since the day you heard it and came to truly appreciate God's grace. You learned this from Epaphras, our dearly loved fellow servant. He is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has told us about your love in the Spirit. For this reason also, since the day we heard this, we haven't stopped praying for you. We are asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, so that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work and growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the saints' inheritance in the light. He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son He loves. 
In him we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For everything was created by him in heaven and on earth, the visible and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been, been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and by him all things hold together. He is also the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile everything to himself, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated and hostile in your minds as expressed in your evil actions, but now he has reconciled you by his physical body through his death to present you holy, faultless, and blameless before him. If indeed you remain grounded and steadfast in the faith and are not shifted away from the hope of the gospel that you heard, this gospel has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and I, Paul, have become a servant of it. Now, I rejoice in my sufferings for you and am completing in my flesh what was lacking in Christ's afflictions for his body, that is, the church. I have become its servant according to God's commission that was given to me for you to make the word of God fully known, the mystery hidden for ages and generations but now revealed to his saints. God wanted to make known among the Gentiles the glorious wealth of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. We proclaim him warning and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone mature in Christ. I labor for this, striving with his strength that works powerfully in me. For I want you to know how greatly I am struggling for you, for those in Laodicea and for all who have not seen me in person. I want their hearts to be encouraged and joined together in love so that they may have all the riches of complete understanding and have knowledge of God's mystery. Christ, in him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I'm saying this so that no one will deceive you with arguments that sound reasonable. For I may be absent in body, but I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see how well ordered you are and the strength of your faith in Christ. So then, just as you have received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to walk in Him, being rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith just as you were taught, and overflowing with gratitude. Be careful that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deceit, based on human tradition, based on the elements of the world, rather than Christ. For the entire fullness of God's nature dwells bodily in Christ, and you have been filled by Him who is head over every ruler and authority. You were also circumcised in Him with a circumcision not done with hands, 
by putting off the body of flesh in the circumcision of Christ when you were buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. And when you were dead in trespasses and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive with him and forgave us all our trespasses. He erased the certificate of debt with its obligations that was against us and opposed to us and has taken it away by nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and disgraced them publicly. He triumphed over them in him. Therefore, don't let anyone judge you in regard to food or drink or in the matter of a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath day. These are a shadow of what was to come. The substance is Christ. Let no one condemn you by delighting in ascetic practices and the worship of angels, claiming access to a visionary realm. Such people are inflated by empty notions of their unspiritual mind. They don't hold on to the head, from whom the whole body, nourished and held together by its ligaments and tendons, grows with growth from God. If you died with Christ to the elements of this world, why do you live as if you still belong to the world? Why do you submit to regulations like don't handle, don't taste, don't touch? All these regulations refer to what is destined to perish by being used up. They are human commands and doctrines. Although these have a reputation for wisdom, by promoting self-made religion, false humility, and severe treatment of the body, they are not of value in curbing self-indulgence. So if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Therefore, put to death what belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desire and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, God's wrath is coming upon the disobedient, and you once walked in these things when you were living in them. But now, put away all the following, anger, wrath, malice, slander, filthy language from your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you've put off the old self with its practices and put on the new self. You are being renewed in knowledge according to the image of your Creator. In Christ, there is not Greek and Jew, circumcision and uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, slave and free, but Christ is all and in all. Therefore, as God's chosen ones, holy and dearly loved, put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another and forgiving one another if anyone has a grievance against another. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you are also to forgive. Above all, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. 
and let the peace of Christ, to which you were also called in one body, rule your hearts and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell richly among you in all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another through psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Wives, submit yourselves to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and don't be bitter toward them. Children, Obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, don't exasperate your children so they won't become discouraged. Slaves, obey your human masters in everything. Don't work only while being watched, as people-pleasers do, but work wholeheartedly, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, do it from the heart, as something done for the Lord and not for people, knowing that you will receive the reward of an inheritance from the Lord. You serve the Lord Christ, for the wrongdoer will be paid back for whatever wrong he has done, and there is no favoritism. Masters, deal with your slaves justly and fairly, since you know that you too have a master in heaven. Devote yourselves to prayer. Stay alert in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open a door to us for the word to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains so that I may make it known as I should. Act wisely toward outsiders making the most of the time and let your speech always be gracious seasoned with salt so that you may know how you should answer each person. Tychicus, our dearly loved brother, faithful minister and fellow servant in the Lord will tell you all the news about me. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, so that you may know how we are and so that he may encourage your hearts. He's coming with Onesimus, a faithful and dearly loved brother who's one of you. They will tell you about everything here. Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, sends you greetings, as does Mark, Barnabas' cousin, concerning whom you have received instructions. If he comes to you, welcome him. And so does Jesus, who is also called Justice. These alone of the circumcised are my co-workers for the kingdom of God, and they've been a comfort to me. Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ Jesus, sends you greetings. He's always wrestling for you in his prayers so that you can stand mature and fully assured in everything God wills. For I testify about him that he works hard for you for those in Laodicea and for those in Hierapolis. Luke, the dearly loved physician, and Demas, they send you greetings. Give my greetings to the brothers and sisters in Laodicea and to Nympha and the church in her home. After this letter has been read at your gathering, have it read also in the church of the Laodiceans and see that you also read the letter from Laodicea. And tell Archippus, saying, pay attention to the ministry you have received in the Lord so that you can accomplish it. I, Paul, am writing this with my own hand. Remember my chains. Grace be with you. And my friends, that is the book of Colossians. And like 
some of Paul's writing, particularly like Ephesians. There's some long sentences there, and I'm not sure I did justice to them all. So I don't know. You might have to just go read it twice or listen to it twice. Today, though, we're going to actually end with a wisdom segment in the book of Proverbs with our last little bit of time. Proverbs chapter 12, picking up in verse 1. Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but one who hates correction is stupid. (laughs) You thought the Bible was always nice. One who is good obtains favor from the Lord, but he condemns a person who schemes. No one could be made secure by wickedness, but the root of the righteous is immovable. A wife of noble character is her husband's crown, but a wife who causes shame is like rottenness in his bones. The thoughts of the righteous are just, but guidance from the wicked is deceitful. The words of the wicked are a deadly ambush, but the speech of the upright rescues them. The wicked are overthrown and perish, but the house of the righteous will stand. A man is praised for his insight, but a twisted mind is despised. Better to be disregarded, yet have a servant, than to act important, but have no food. All right, my friends, that gets us up through verse 9 of Proverbs 12. Let me pray us out. Lord, we need your help. Most importantly, Lord, um, we want to have a right view of Jesus. And we know, Lord, that, that while here, he affirmed the divine inspiration and authority of what we call the Old Testament, and he promised the divine inspiration and authority of the New Testament. So, Lord, we don't worship the Bible, but we want to hear from you, and it's your word. So if there's anything here today, Lord, that someone particularly needs to take deep, I pray that by the power of your spirit, that you will call that to remembrance, that you will sink it deep in their heart. And more importantly, Lord, that it will bubble up in their life, in their action, in their love for you, in their love for others. We love you, Lord. And I love you, my friends. Amen. Amen.